Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. And uh, I have a guest with me today. This is Liz Wan. And I kind of told I told you guys a little bit about her uh, a few days ago when I mentioned I would be having some guests on the podcast. And um, actually, a couple weeks back, I don't know if you guys remember this, I found an article online that I really liked. And it was um, a Desiring God article. And it was written by Liz Wan. And I mentioned it on the podcast as, um, you know, God being good, but not being safe is what I was talking about for that day. And I mentioned that article. And so I liked the article so much that I actually dropped a link to it in the bio of that podcast episode. And I went to go find the author and this is her. (laughs) So she's here joining us today and she's going to be talking a little bit about Exodus 31 with me today. And, uh, you know, but I, I would like for her to actually introduce herself. So, Liz, tell uh, the audience of the P40 Ministries podcast a little bit about yourself and some of the various things that you've been doing. Yeah. Um, well, I live uh, in the city of Philadelphia, um, married with three kids. I've been writing for a few years just for various like online Christian ministries and publications. Um, but recently had my first book published in March, a book on motherhood called The End of Me with the Good Book Company. And yeah, and Besides writing, most of my time is spent um, homeschooling my children. So Nice. So tell me a little bit more about your book and uh, what the premise of it is. Yeah, it's about, well, it's called The End of Me because it's about how just motherhood can drive us uh, to the end of ourselves. I mean, obviously many things can drive us to the end of ourselves, but but it's more the perspective of being a mom and how that um, there's just many daily deaths um, to ourselves, but how God uses those deaths um, for just producing the fruit of resurrection in our hearts. Mm, mm-hmm. And that kind of translates over to your kids a little bit too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're working on yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can find that book on Amazon and uh, I will drop a link to that in the show notes of this uh, podcast episode. Also, you can find Liz and some of her writings at LizWan.com, which is what I will also um, I will also drop that link as well. But let's go ahead and talk about Exodus chapter 31 today, verses 1 through 18. This is actually the entire chapter that I'll be reading here. So it's going to be quite a, a bit of reading, but um, there's a lot to talk about. And I think it'll be a really good episode um, with Liz here. She's going to help me answer some questions and talk about this today. So let's go ahead and read this. As I usually do, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Behold, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Holy Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all kinds of workmanship to devise skillful works to work in gold and in silver and in bronze and in cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood to work with all kinds of workmanship. 
Behold, I myself have appointed him with Ohiliab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the heart of all those who are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant, the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tent, the table and its vessels, the pure lampstand with all of its vessels, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all of its vessels, the basin and its base, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, the anointing oil and the incense of sweet spices for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak also to the children of Israel saying, most certainly you shall keep my Sabbaths. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among its people. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, Yahweh made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When he finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the covenant, stone tablets written with God's finger. So Liz, what stood out to you the most regarding this portion of scripture? Um, I think just, just how important rest, rest is to God. I thought it was interesting and I kind of wrestled with this and I can't say I a hundred percent have the answer. So I'd like to hear what you say or what even the listeners think. Um, but, and I looked at different translations, but where it even says that on the seventh day after, you know, the Lord made the heavens and the earth that he rested and was refreshed. I think the word refresh really stuck out to me. I'm just more just me asking questions because usually I, you know, I would believe doctrinally that God doesn't need anyone or anything, um, that he's self-sufficient. But, um, the only thing that I could come up with was he, maybe he doesn't need to work either. You know, he's kind of showing that he doesn't need to do that either. And it doesn't need to be all the time. Yeah. So I just thought that was, that actually just more produced questions in me. So why, why, why the word refreshed, um, but just even realizing that it is, it is important to the, to the Lord. It's written in his law. So it's, it's very important. And, and he modeled it for us, you know, no matter how refreshed looks and what that means, um, he, he modeled it for us. But even Jesus needed his rest. We've been going through the book of Mark and we keep seeing how Jesus was like retreating off to places to just have some relaxation time with himself. So yes, clearly, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> if God needed it, we certainly needed it. If Jesus needed it, we certainly needed it as well. But that is an interesting question, I think, that you mm-hmm. bring up is that concept of um, refreshment. I'd actually like to talk about uh, verses 1 through 11 here. So what, uh, what was so significant about God's spirit being given to the craftsmen in verses 1 through 11, do you think? Um, I think it just shows, just to like kind of backtrack, it kind of made me think of, again, growing up in the church. <laughs> I grew up in the church. I feel like um, a lot of Christians in general tend to separate into categories, like sa- things that are sacred and things that are secular and don't, don't always see where they might bleed together or even the categories themselves might be like erroneous. And I think usually like 
they're talking about like craftsmen and people who are artists, you know, mm -hmm. and usually I feel like that would be put in the secular category. Like let's, these are secular things. They don't have to do with the Bible and they don't have to do with Jesus. But here we do see something. I know this was a something special because the, mm -hmm. you know, the tabernacle, what it stood for, what it meant, it was very important because it was signifying the coming of Christ and how he would tabernacle with us. And even giving a picture of the heavenly places. I know, remember how it was like set up to kind of mimic heaven and um, the presence of God. Um, so I know it was something specific to this time and in context. Mm -hmm. um, but just even the fact that there would be something. And so that's why, you know, I, I, ultimately I would think that's why um, the Lord's spirit was on them because of what the tabernacle represents and what it signifies. And the, it is something divine. Um, but I do think that it is interesting, this melding of what we would think of as secular, what we might think of as secular and of the world, um, you know, arts and crafts, but then um, how the spirit is there and makes it divine as well. So I think that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, you know, um, I completely agree with that because... I, I think that some Christians have a tendency to like think that because they're not doing like ministry type of work, they can't mm. like add God into their work or something. I don't mm. know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. I agree with you. Yeah. I see that as well, where that sacred and secular like divide that's so there's a huge chasm between it. Whereas like you're not doing ministry unless you're a pastor or you're a pastor's wife or, or whatever, a, some kind of a missionary, uh, you know, but I think that even what we would label as secular, even though I don't think it has to be is anything that we do, you know, working with our hands. Um, I mean, Jesus did, he was a carpenter. <laughs> um, yeah. He's our savior was a carpenter. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he can, there can be something that we, we use it all for the glory of God. Yeah. yeah and how exactly. we do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The spirit can be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a hairdresser. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, was a very secular job, but <laughs> it was cool though because sometimes I could have conversations with my uh, my clients every mm. once in a while. Yeah, so like there, there's always something that you can some sort of ministry mm. aspect of you know that you can integrate into your work, whatever exactly, that might yeah. be. So I mean, I, I do think that there's always something you can do to to sort of add that ministry aspect into your job, whatever that yeah, might definitely. be. Um, one thing that I actually that stood out to me actually about this is um, regarding the whole like Sabbath and this like work. I think it's interesting that God tells them to take a Sabbath. He's like, yes, do good work. And I'm going to put my, um, you know, my spirit on you so that you you can accurately follow these descriptions and everything. But take that Sabbath day of rest. Mm. Like even like don't get so caught up in what you're doing that you don't actually rest and relax. So um, why do you think God was so adamant about keeping the Sabbath? Yeah. Think? I mean, we kind of touched on that a little bit. Oh, yes. But what, what do you think about that? I guess, I mean, when I think of, I know, I, I'm thinking about it, you know, I, I would assume that the, the Sabbath is very important because it's a time to connect with God and to connect with others, which is kind of what the law is about. And Jesus even says that the whole of the law can be summed up in love God and neighbor. And so it's like, if we want to love God and neighbor, then we have to be invested in Sabbath rest. You know, if we're going to do that well um, and not be running around crazy and um, in this 
depending on what's going on in our heart, either a posture of just anxiety or pride or whatever's driving us in our work that's driving us mad. Um, and, and not realizing that even in that, we're not having a Sabbath rest. Sometimes it's just the position, disposition of our heart, you know, of like, that is not Sabbath rest in my heart. <laughs> um, and why I'm doing my work, you know? Um, and yeah, so I think it's just, it's a way to, yeah, just to be able to connect with God and just better be able to love him and love others. And he must know that. <laughs> yeah, that's very true because, uh, I mean, man, you, you just blew my mind a little bit because when we're working, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's for our families and stuff, but sometimes work can be very, um, not always, but sometimes our work can be very self-centered because we want to, you know, push forward. We want to move forward and uh, reach new heights and stuff like that. Like even me with the podcast, like I have to chill out a little bit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we think of it sometimes as self-centered, you know, trying to get that next promotion or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we take that Sabbath day of rest, we can stop thinking about like ourselves a little bit mm. and start thinking about other people because even Jesus did that in the temples and stuff when he was healing on the Sabbath day and you mm. know he was thinking about other people and he said that it's okay yeah. to think about other people when the Pharisees were just like no you can't do anything for anybody basically <laughs> on the Sabbath yeah, day yeah too legalistic yeah yes yeah, a little bit and so yeah so Jesus was always thinking about other people on the Sabbath day mm. even. And so I think that that is important. So Liz, you blew my mind, you know, that's one of the reasons why we should <laughs> take a Sabbath day is to think about other people. And, you know, yeah, that's pretty interesting. But so why do you think God would command such a harsh punishment for those who didn't keep the Sabbath? Yeah. Um, that's exactly what I was thinking when I first read it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, my thoughts is just like mulling it over and meditating on it. I, I can just share my thoughts. I feel like I don't have all like the right, these might not be the right, right answers, but these are my thoughts. Um, I do think that there is something interesting. Um, for, first, he, the first punishment, right, was that it had to do almost with community. Um, it was like, you're going to be cast out of the community. That was like, almost like there were two punishments, right? Mm -hmm. There was one that was like death. <laughs> yeah. And then there was one that was like, you're just going to be cut off from everyone. Um and I'm kind of, the, the one about being cut off, it kind of made me think, you know, like that's kind of an other portion, you know, parts of the Bible, it talks about God giving people over, you know, to their sinful ways and what they've already chosen. They're already running the opposite direction. So it kind of makes me think whoever is being cut off there, I, I would view that as more, it's something passive. It's like what we would call like neglect. Mm. They're neglecting something important for themselves and, um, and so it's kind of like they're already cutting by, by their neglect. They're already cutting off themselves really essentially from the people of God and mm -hmm. from God himself when they're not engaging in Sabbath. And so I, I guess I kind of viewed it as it's like God just giving them up. They already are doing that. Right. You're, if you're already kind of cutting yourself off and neglecting it, then we're going to give you up to it. And so see you later, you know? Um, and so it's like, that's the choice that they have made. You're just admitting that's their choice now. So then when you think about that, it doesn't seem, I guess, maybe as brutal. Now I know the death, <laughs> but that seems brutal. <laughs> but what I thought was interesting though, and like I said, I don't have all the answers for what each, what this might mean, but um, is when it talked about the death, it was saying, if you use the word, it's different than what it talked about with cutting and being cut off from community. It was um, profaning the Sabbath. I noticed a difference. There was a distinction being made between these two. 
And so I'm, I kind of viewed it as, okay, the other one was more like passive, like neglect. This one is more active. It is abuse. Like when you look up the definition of profane, it's, um, it has abuse in it. It's, it's like some kind of action. It's to treat something sacred with abuse, irreverence, or contempt. So there's something mm. like you're actively abusing. And I don't understand what they were doing. Like <laughs> in that context and historically, like what were they doing actually to profane the Sabbath? And, but I guess even without those details, we can still know that that sounds a lot worse, right? Profaning and oh yeah, there's something obviously they were desecrating something sacred. Um, and mm-hmm. then when you think about that, it might not seem so harsh. Maybe that you know that there was death involved from that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like that a lot. Um, one thing I mentioned on the podcast a couple days ago, I think it was, was. Um, Eventually, after the tabernacle was built, there was a guy that came in and like, even in, I think it was early on, pretty much right after the temple was built, there was a dude that came in with this like foreign girl and they were like having sex in front of something. Oh, okay. That could be the profaning the Sabbath. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There was, a, there was a story about that. <laughs> and that guy and the girl both died. Like one of the priests like ran them through with a spear because, okay. yeah, because there that was yeah. so, um, <laughs> That that profaned the the tabernacle so much, mm. and that's that's God's house. That's where He lived. I mean, can you imagine some random person coming into your house and doing that on your couch? I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, we'd call the cops. Oh, yeah, we call the cops. We Man, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, but like that that's kind of where I'm thinking now a little bit. Now that you mentioned that, is just like that profaning of the sabbath day Mm. just goes very deep you know and yes yeah you could see it the consequence does match it whereas before it was like kind of you're just giving them up this one is like okay yeah you see how it matches up yeah yeah that's awesome thanks for shining some light onto that so one more question for you uh let's see here so how does the sabbath here in exodus 31 tie into what jesus says in mark 2 21 through 28 I mean, I think that what stuck out to me was in verse 27, where Jesus says, then he said to them, Jesus talking, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I feel like he's kind of giving us the key there mm-hmm. of, um, you know, to not be like the, like we we're talking about just a little earlier, the Pharisees just took everything so far. You know, they're going by the letter of the law. The Bible talks about like mm-hmm. down to like every dotting and crossing of every T and dotting of every I. Um, and God wasn't, that's not what he, the intention of the Sabbath was. So it's kind of like he's saying, that's not the heart of the Sabbath, the heart of the Sabbath. It was made for you. It was made for man. It was something for you. And, um, and, and interestingly enough, I, I do think he's, and, he, and then he says, the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So I think he's, he's kind of saying to the Pharisees, like, you're missing the point of the Sabbath. And look, I am the point of the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath rest. It's right in front of you. I feel like he came to fulfill that. Um, and that's what he's kind of telling them here. Like, even I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Like, it's you're missing it. And I, it's me. As I was thinking about that passage um, from Mark, we are, we've, we've gone through the book of Mark um, a little bit with on this podcast. And we talked about that passage quite a while ago. But as I was reading it and comparing it to Exodus 31, when I was researching for this episode, I was thinking about it and God keeps saying you, Mm. you, you all throughout this like passage. So he's talking about how Mm. the Sabbath is good for you. Not that like you have to do it for 
uh, God, yeah. kind of, kind of how like the Pharisees thought of it as. But like even for here in verse uh, 13, that the Sabbath, it says here in, in verse 13 of Exodus 31, that the Sabbath is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. And then it says in verse 14, that the Sabbath is holy to you. So he keeps using that word you, not that it's like for God that we're doing this stuff, but that it's actually good for us and that we shouldn't be profaning it in any way because it's holy. It's a holy day that God sanctified us. And, you know, so I, I think that that's kind of interesting that it does line up with um, Mark chapter two, but the Pharisees, you know, back then they wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> kind of make everything bigger than what it was a little bit. And uh, they ended up profaning it in their own way a little bit mm, by true, um, yeah. not allowing people to, to he like not allowing Jesus to heal on the Sabbath and different things or exactly, not wanting yeah. to. I've always thought, and I actually mentioned rest in my book um, that really the, the key to rest or what's behind rest is it's an act of humility. I think taking a Sabbath is also why it's so important as the Lord is telling us to, I think it's an act of trust and an act of humility to realize, okay, it's not all up to me. Like I can surrender here one day. Um, and even, even a mindset and a disposition of our hearts as well. It doesn't have to just be a physical day as it's both, you know? Um, but just to, yeah, just remember too, it's an, it's an act of trust and an act of humility to we're laying down our work to say, he's, he's got this and, and um, it's in his hands. You know, I do what I can, but I'm not God to remind us too of who we are and who he mm -hmm. is yeah that's awesome thanks for bringing us um that to us because yeah i totally agree <laughs> sometimes it is hard to take a <laughs> sabbath and to just like oh yeah you know uh -huh. rely on um god to help you get your work done throughout the week it's hard it really is oh yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. liz thanks so much for coming on the podcast this was a lot of fun i appreciated um meeting you and your willingness to come on so thank you yeah thanks for having me and uh like i said before at the beginning of this podcast i'll definitely uh drop a link in the bio of this podcast episode to liz's book the end of me which is available on amazon and then also where you can read some of her blog posts or connect with her a little bit at lizwan.com. And like I said, that'll be in the show notes. But friends and faithful listeners, happy listening and God bless.